Hey everybody, this is Kirk Cameron, and we've put together a very special marriage event called Love Worth Fighting For, and we're coming to your area. It's a home run date night for you and your spouse to get away from all the distractions and learn together, laugh together, pray together, and sing together as you learn to strengthen and fireproof your marriage. I really hope that you'll join us. Go to the website at loveworthfightingfor.com to learn more about tickets and the information that you need. Hope to see you there. He started something good. Hey guys, I'm Mandisa. And I'm Danny Gosey. And we are so excited to be heading Woo. to your city for the Rise Out of the Dark Tour. And we're also bringing some friends. We're bringing Jasmine Murray. Hope it's gonna be not a healing and entertainment. It's gonna be amazing, and we really want to see you there. Tell all your friends, tell all your family, rise out of the dark tour with Danny Goki and Mandisa. See you guys there. <laughs> tell your heart to beat again. Close your eyes and breathe it in. Oh, did they? Just last weekend. Oh, they did. Yeah. All right. Praise God. So those events are happening here at the church. Uh, let me see. You got anything else? No. I'm oh. good. Well, you pat me now. You told me I'm froze. You, you, <laughs> you, don't be touching me now, buddy. You're had. You're out of here. Hey, Brother Roberto, come on up here. Brother Roberto is from Brazil, and uh, we uh, go over there and preach at his church. Amen. They're doing a great work in Brazil, and uh, he's got some pictures of what took place when uh, they did a garage sale, mm -hmm. our congregation donated uh, the money from the garage sales, and they started an outreach church in another city, which I don't know and can't remember, and I don't know if I've been there, so he'll tell you where it is. And uh, so it's, it's growing, and it's blooming, and it's blossoming into something great, and uh, that is because of their vision and your guys' faith to support it. So Brother Roberto is going to give you some information. Phyllis, can I have the, your microphone? Thank you, darling. Thank you, thank you. All right, Roberto, go ahead. Thank you, Pastor. Good evening. It's good to be back here. I, I really enjoy coming here to this church. Uh, Pastor is a good friend. He's been to Brazil several times to our church. He's been a blessing to us. His heart has got some great teachings from God. And we've had, we have enjoyed over the years, you know, receiving him over there. And he's always been very, very faithful to the Lord. And as we were sharing about the vision for Brazil, Pastor felt like that God was leading you as a ministry to partner with us in establishing some churches in Brazil. Our goal is to plant new churches in every state of our country. We have 27 states, and we've already planted churches in six of them. We still have quite a bit to go. Hallelujah. And um, as we were sharing with him, he was able to to see what God was doing, and the reason that I'm here tonight, not only to worship God in first place, but also to thank you and to just to share a little bit what has been done with the offerings that you guys have given and partnered with us to establish that church in the, in the state of Rio Grande do Norte, which is in the northeast areas of, of our country. So I would ask for him to put some, just the slides right now, just for you to have an idea. We've gone into a lot of uh, uh, regions that are not, that are very poor in Brazil. We, we, we're looking for souls, and, and this is the church that has been planted uh, last year in the, in the city of Natal, which is, which is uh, um, the capital of the, the state of Rio Grande do Norte. As you see, this is a team that we took from Campinas, our church. Uh, these people went there to the, with the purpose of 
visiting and all the families in the city, in the, in, the, in the neighborhood. We went house to house sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, inviting them to be part of God's kingdom. And by the grace of God, you know, we, we, really, we really were able to visit several homes. And out of that, some people came to the church. And now the church has been planted. It's been there for over one year now. And this is what God is doing in that part of Brazil. Would you please change the next one? We've, um, we've, uh, we were praying for pastor uh, to pastor that little church. And then God led us to this couple. And Pastor Jeová and his wife, uh, Ana Paula, they're musicians. They're, they're, they're great men of God. This guy is about this tall. He, and, 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 and he is full of joy. It, it is amazing. If he was here tonight with the worship here, he would be screaming. And, and he's so enthusiastic. And he loves the Lord. And he is doing a great job in that church in, in Natal. Next. Uh, as you can see, we, we, we rented that little building there. It's just to start with. Uh, when we go into cities like that, we are not very concerned about places, the, 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 the size of buildings, but we are targeting the hearts of people. We want to see God going into the homes and saving those people. I was really impressed with the testimony that I heard here tonight. That young woman was saying, you know, how God has, has freed her from, from, the, from the chains of sin. And this is what we want to see happening. And as you can see, they, they, they are, uh, we, we've rented this building. We're now uh, moved from this one to another one because the church has outgrown this place. Hallelujah. Next, please. And if you see, <clears throat> we have now Bible studies going on, Sunday school classes for, 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 for those families. We have door-to-door -door evangelism. This is something that we like to do because we believe that people need the, you know, the, uh, the, the help of the church. And also, they are, this pastor, as a musician, he is giving, he's giving lessons for free so that the people that are interested in, in learning music can come to the church and have these this lessons be given freely. And most of those kids couldn't afford to go to a school of, uh, uh, of, of music anyway. So they will find that in the church and that's how we become more friendly with the community that we're ministering to. Next, please. So we also do evangelism street, uh, uh, street evangelism. As you see there, uh, this is right on the street there, right across from the building. And we just put that tent there uh, just to invite people to come and preach the gospel to them. Next. And um, so <clears throat> in a year's time, in June of 2017, this, the church moved to this new building. And um, we've, we've reached already all the entire neighborhood. We're talking about maybe 300 families have been visited in the area and have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They have not come to church yet, but we believe they will. Very soon. And we've, we've contacted between 200 and 250 families that, you know, occasionally they are coming. They are beginning to enjoy the fellowship, but they are not yet committed themselves to Christ. Um, next, please. And then we have an attendance now of about 30 people. And we have baptized 20 people. Already. So uh, I come here with my heart full of joy to let you know this because I think that uh, there, there has something that uh, is spiritual about, you know, when you come to the place where people have given from their hearts. And, and what I tell you tonight is this you know, when Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians in chapter 4. He says in chapter 15, and you Philippians 
yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no churches entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. And then in verse 17, he says, not that I seek the gift, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. You see, I have come here in the name of Jesus to tell you that your offering has been gone up to heaven as a sweet smelling. And, and, and I, can, I can say to you today that already 20 people have been saved because of your vision, right? Now, Paul says like, like this in, in, in verse 18, I have received full payment and more, and I am well supplied. And I love this, this word that Paul gives. I said, I have, been, I have learned how to live in poverty. I have learned how to be in wealth. I have learned being in you know, big homes or, or poor. It doesn't matter. He says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And, and, and I love this because when, when he says that, he was not really seeking anything from the people, but he was, he was envisioning what the kingdom of God is. You see, the kingdom of God is a reality. The Bible says that when you give here, those are men that receive your offering. But at the same time that you are giving your offering and they are receiving it here, the Bible says the hands of Jesus himself is receiving your offerings over there. Now, they, he receives your offering over there, not because heaven is broken, not because heaven needs our money. No, he receives your offerings there because heaven is wanting to open its windows and deliver you what you need for your blessings. That's what Jesus promised. And I come here tonight and I could say to you, and I could use the same words here and say to you, not that I seek anything from you. But I have come here to say to you that our God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And this is, this is something that I wanted to share. I, wanted, I have come, I've come here in the name of Jesus. I have come here also on behalf of, of Agape Ministries in Brazil to say your offering has been of great value to us. Your offering have reached 3,000 kilometers from where we are planted as a church. And I believe that God will help us to reach other parts of the nation and reach the souls that are still there to be saved in Brazil. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your vision. Thank you for this provision. And I want to finish, Pastor, saying, and this is from my heart, right? From my heart to you. I said, now, what we need is for you to come to Brazil and be part of this. You can come with Pastor, Pastor Dosik, Pastor Phyllis, and, and you guys can come over there and be participating, participate with us in reaching those souls for Christ Jesus. And when I say you are welcome, I mean it. I'm saying we would love to have all of you, of you there and, and, and hope that God can, you know, give you um, this opportunity to reach out for those souls in our country. Thank you so much. May God bless you and may enrich your lives with his greatest Thank blessings. You, Amen. God. Thank you, Roberto. Hallelujah. You, I'll just give that back to Philip. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Is Ben, is ben here tonight? Ben uh, Swartz? I didn't ask you to come up here, Ben. I just said hi. 
Or uh, you're going to have to come up here, Ben. You, ben cannot get away. He's, you see, like a, come on up here, Ben. Ben just returned from Honduras. A lot of times we don't, re, uh, you know, let everybody know everything we're doing. This, this is an outreach to Honduras. And uh, Ben and Jordan, is Jordan here tonight? He's not. He's babysitting. I know he's babysitting. He's sleeping in the bed. You know it and I know it. Anyway. Uh, Jordan and Ben just returned back and uh, look at a soccer field and uh, where they're going to be uh, having a night crusade and where things are going to be taking place. But uh, this is a great adventure. Remember our globe, everything that goes into the globe, world's mission goes towards sending 10, 11 uh, people to Honduras uh, to carry this out, their expenses down there. So, uh, Ben, you just returned? Yes. So, what uh, we, we returned um, Monday. We actually had a red-eye flight back on Monday from Honduras. So, if I still look tired, I am tired. <laughs> but uh, we went down on Friday, came back Monday. And the main goal of the trip was really just to um, capture footage and everything for this fall. And uh, But God always uses you, even when you're just going down for other things. So, we were able to preach Friday night and, and Sunday. Um, saw some some great uh, emotional miracles take place in a lot of the teens. Uh, one of the, the cool, well, one of the statistics about Honduras is 65% of the population is under 25. So San Pedro Sula has 2 million people in it. And so over a million people are under 25. Yeah. And so that's the, the genre that we're going to speak into this fall. There's just so much hopelessness down there, obviously, with poverty and everything. And Pastor Wilmer, our contact down there. Yeah is just so excited because he said nobody, he's like, nobody reaches the teens and the kids down here. So um, we're excited for that, and we appreciate everyone who's, who's sewing into that. Amen. Thank you, yeah. Ben. You got some footage you're going to be showing We us. do. Yeah, we have footage. We'll show it on a, a Sunday or something Okay, sometime, all right. So. Good deal. Praise yep. God. Yep. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Hallelujah. Uh, you know, we, uh, that's another country we don't have to go to. We get Ben down there, and he'll take Honduras and we don't have to go there hallelujah so uh but you know god is doing a lot of great things touching nations and uh we just believe in evangelism amen and uh so it's been good so we're going to receive our tithe and offering tonight and i want you to grab your neighbor shake all the money out of their pocket pick it up and rejoice and give it in the offering i'm kidding just reach over in your purse and their purse and get all you want hallelujah give it like it's not costing you anything hallelujah Praise God. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time of offering, this time of tithing. God, you're opening up the windows of heaven, pouring out a blessing upon us, God, that we cannot receive, that God will touch our generation, our generation. God, we thank you that tithing is a master key to the blessing that you have for our life. And God, we thank you for the seed that you've given to the sower tonight, that God, as we sow, that, God, it will be multiplied and given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Men and women, God, servants, people used of you, God, fulfilling your plan. We thank you for all of it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your tithe and offering unto the Lord. Hallelujah. All righty. I want to talk to you today about a word that I was studying out this morning, and Philip gave me the definition of it, so if it's wrong, please don't tell me, just please tell him. And uh, sometimes we think that the gospel is something that we're trying to get God to do. Christianity is not the great obtaining 
It is the great receiving. It is the provision, the salvation of God hath appeared unto all men. So Christianity is not a great struggle to get God to do anything. It is the great acceptance of allowing God to do that which he has predetermined to do for us before the foundations of the earth. Now those predetermined things are expressed in his promises and uh, his doctrines. So we, when we look at promises, what we see is the will of God for every human being. We see the grace of God being granted to people that simply all he requires is faith to be added to that which he has done in order for it to manifest. In other words, it's already done, and faith is not getting God to do something. Faith is allowing God to do something. See, salvation is not something that we twist God's arm to do. Faith is something that we allow. Salvation is something we allow God to do in our lives. Could have given an amen. See, God desires for every man to be a new creature. God's desire is every one of us be renewed and be made back into the image of Christ Jesus, his son, that we would receive the spirit of adoption. But it requires faith mixed with grace in order for it to come to pass. So if you will look over at Ephesians 2.6, Ephesians 2.6, Ephesians 2, 6 says this, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want you to look at that second word, and hath. Does anybody know what the word hath means? Past tense. The word hath, according to Phillips' dictionary, is the present tense of to have or to be done or to possess. So when it says that he hath raised us, what it says is God has given us a position, placed us in it, whether we recognize it or not, it is a possession that he has given to us, Amen. not to himself. Amen. Now, when it says hath, he's not trying. We don't have to obtain it. Somebody say, he hath given it. In other words, it now has become a personal possession of the believer or of the sons and daughters of God. So when we think about salvation, what we want to do is we want to realize that it's not something that we have to work our way in, not something that, you know, we need to get up, up to or grow up to and all that, which those are all true facts. But the truth of the matter is you are saved. Could I get an amen? You are the child of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. And you're going to be no more a son or daughter of God when you get to heaven than you are right now. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1 and 2, that it does not appear what we're going to do, but we need to behold and understand the love of God that he has caused us to become sons that when Jesus appears, we shall be like him. Hallelujah. We shall be like him. So we understand that we have. Somebody say we have. Now just think about your prayer life. If you were sitting right before God, don't you think you'd quit bombarding heaven? And just be confident that if we know that he heard us, we can be confident that we have the petitions that we asked him. Now, how loud do you have to speak for God to hear you sitting right next to him? Not very loud, does it? No, absolutely not. But God hath made, somebody say he hath. In other words, he has put us in a position that you and I possess. We don't have to strive it. We already have it. Now, let's look down at Ephesians 
Ephesians 2.18. Now, I do encourage you to take some time someday to look up all the words half. Now, there's about 3,016 of them in the Bible. Half. That is a, a lot of words to look up. So, but when you look it up, realize when it says that God hath did, God hath said, what it means is that God has granted it to be a personal possession of the hearer, of the hearer. And then it says this, for through him we both have, somebody say have. Now we're not trying to get, we don't have to work it up. He says that we have access by one spirit unto the Father. We have. There is no excuse for unanswered prayer except that the devil could make us waver or cause the question to replace the word have. If we have access to the Father, then we have access. It is a personal position that God has given you and I as believers. Think of that, Steve. God says, Steve, here, I give you this pass. You have access to me. Now, if Steve took it home and just laid it under the pillow and did nothing with it, it wouldn't be God's fault. It would be Steve's fault, wouldn't it? Sometimes Christians get the attitude that God's trying to hide from them or God's trying to keep something for them or we're trying to wrestle something from God or beg it out of God's hands to get God to do it. No, God's not going to withhold any good thing from us because we walked up before him uprightly. Amen. Amen. God's not against us. God is for us. And so here it reveals to us that we have access. It is a personal position, a personal place that God has given to every believer. Well, that means that we're all. No, no. It means that God gives it to every man, but it's as personal as if you were only one man. Hallelujah. See, God doesn't, when we cry, Abba, Father, he doesn't hear us in a multitude of voices. He hears us in a singular voice. Amen. Amen. And he knows my voice as much as he knows anybody else's voice. My voice is distinct. Dr. Oblu, can you hear Lori screaming for you at a whisper halfway across Kmart or Walmart? Why? Because everybody may be crying after their husband or screaming, but her voice is unique. And it sends shrills and chills down Dr. Obalu's. Amen? Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's go now to Ephesians 2, 3 through 7. But take time and look up these words, half. Because you'll begin to discover that you are placed by God in a very personal way to have possession of certain things. Sometimes we look at the scriptures that we think that God's just writing to the world. I never look at the Bible, what, how God's writing to the world, because the world doesn't always hear what I hear. This is a love letter designed by God through the Holy Ghost that he has delivered to me in a very personal way. Amen? And so we need to read it as it is a personal invitation from God to us, a personal revelation, instead of just reading it as it were in a multitude of attitude of voices. Amen. When I, I kind of do this my grandkids. I want them all down there, but I realize every given week I have to take one day for one kid. Amen. When it's Quentin's day, whatever you want to do, Quentin, and buddy, he says, okay, let's go, hallelujah. Man, let's stop and get donut. Let's stop and get pizza. Let's stop easy. Absolutely. Lincoln saying, no, I want greens. I want cabbage. I want lettuce. And each kid is different. Now, Lexi, she doesn't come down much. The other day I asked her, I said, did you lose that note that I gave you? She said, what note? You know, the map from Lima to my house. <laughs> she said, no, Papa, I've just been busy. But then I discovered that she's already made an invitation with Phyllis. She's coming to Phyllis. And what did she say? Mom, Mom, do you want to go school shopping? No, not school shopping. Boutique shopping. Boutique shopping. Yeah. It's just glamorized the deception. 
In other words, she's saying, Mom, Mom, do you have any money you can spend on me? And of course, yes. Phyllis said, yes, it's a time to bond. Yeah, right. So every kid has to have a personal touch. I don't mind God being the father of everybody, but I want him to know my voice because he programmed me to know his voice. Amen. Now, Ephesians 2, 3 says this. Did I say 2, 3? How about 1, 3? That'll be better. Let's go to Ephesians 1, 3. There you go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is waiting, if we can, beg him out of blessing. What? Who what? Half. Somebody say half. Now, that is a past tense phrase that makes it a present tense possession. In other words, we don't have to try to get God to bless us. We have been blessed. Now, if God gave you blessings, would he have any more to give you? Now, it would, if it said God hath blessed us with a third of the blessings in heaven, then we could try to deal on the other two-thirds. But if he said, behold, God hath blessed us with all, somebody say, with all, what does that mean? There ain't no more. If God hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that means he has given us all spiritual blessings as a personal possession personal possession so we really don't have to beg God to bless us what we need to do is walk in the ways that God has asked us to walk and blessing will find you why because it belongs to you it belongs to you and so we don't have to look for it any more than a lily would have to look for sunshine it'll find the lily amen and so when God says that he hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings, we are not being deprived of anything. God has already given it to us. Now that's God's attitude. I give you all spiritual blessings. Somebody say they're all. All. Now spiritual blessings certainly don't just mean material things. They mean spiritual things. They mean emotional things, relational things. But they're blessings. They're something that God has enabled us to prosper and to increase by. That's what God wants us to do. So God hath given us. Somebody say hath given. How many? How many? So if God gave me all, what would that mean to me? Wouldn't I be identified he is a blessed one of the Lord. Now, from now on when you see me, what you need to do is say, there's pastor. He's blessed with all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, that's who I am. Don't say, oh, God, I wish you would bless them. He hath. He has given me all the spiritual blessings in, heavenly, in the heavens for a personal possession. It's mine. Hallelujah. Amen? So he can't take them back because he's already given them. He's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said he'll bring the past, spoke it, he'll make it good. Numbers 23, 19. Now, it says that God hath given them to me. So God has given all those blessings to me so that when you see me, Philip, I should be known to you the blessed of the Lord. So from now on, when we're talking about people, we can say, you know, that guy in the church that's blessed of the Lord, didn't you think that suit was one buck ugly suit? <laughs> you know, that might change our attitude of how we talk about people or how we see people. Amen? So God hath blessed them. From now on, if you see me, Philip, or when you're talking about me, say, you know, Pastor Dosak, the blessed one up there at Botkins. And then when you talk about yourself, what should you say? I am blessed. I'm blessed by God. And if God bless me, nobody can curse me. Amen? So we need not only to accept the identity that God's given others, 
given others. He's not taking it back. We're not trying to become something. When he raised us up with Christ Jesus and made us sit in heavenly places, he also bestowed upon us all spiritual blessings, all of them. And so if we have them, then we have all spiritual blessings. Amen? All right. So let's go to uh, the second, ver the third, fourth verse. I'm sorry, the next verse. According as he, oh, there's that word again. Good night. Hath chosen us in him. Hath chosen us. Hath chosen us. Somebody say, God has already made a decision. Did he make a, a mistake? Is he going to take it back? Okay, so God has made a decision to choose you before the foundations of the earth, before you had any input, before you could sway him, before you convince him, before you could pray or use your faith, God chose you. You didn't choose God, God chose you. Remember, Adam wasn't seeking after God, God was seeking after Adam. Romans, the third chapter, said there is none that seeketh God, no, not one. But God was seeking every man. So we understand that God hath chosen us. I like that. I have lots of people who may not like me, but God is very happy with me. He's happy with his choice. Have you ever made a choice and then regretted it? Why your peripheral vision is moving that way? I seen you, Philip. Philip, I seen fear, and I seen you. Your eyes started shaking. You ever see his eyes shake? Yeah, yeah. That means you're either lying or you're telling. Now, we all make decisions. One time, Phyllis and I painted a room. We thought it was beige. It wasn't beige. It was pink. It vexed us so much, we kept getting up like every hour of the night, coming out in the living room, turning on the light, thinking it would change color. I finally just told her, look, we might as well resign. We painted the room pink. Who wants a pink living room? Not me. We made a mistake. It was the dumb one, too. Phyllis chose it. I put it on. And, and, and so sometimes, but God doesn't make mistakes. Somebody say, God doesn't make mistakes. And he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be what? Holy and without what? Blame. In him in what? Love. Okay. Now let's realize that God chose us to stand in a personal place of position. He chose us so that we would always be holy and without blame. Holy and without blame. Next time condemnation tries to come, mm -mm. Uh -uh. God chose you, and when he chose you, he took you and put you into a personal place of purity and unblameableness. Now, that's how God sees us. Now, we're all understanding that we're not out there sinning and all that. And if you are doing that, this doesn't mean you. And so you know that you, but as you're living righteously, this is how God sees us. Amen? And so how are we to think about ourselves? Whenever the devil says, oh, you know, God didn't hear you. You did this and you did that. All you got to do is open the Bible and say, no, 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 no. I have a personal declaration of holiness and without blame over my life. God chose me, God washed me, God cleansed me, God established me, and God positioned me. God declared me holy. God declared me blameless. God declared me chosen. Now, that's who we are. Amen. So next time somebody asks you about Pastor Dosek, oh, yeah, man, you mean the guy up at Boston? He's holy and blameless. I'll tell you what, God chose that guy. Man, it's evident. See, we aren't used to talking about people like that. We always pick the negative. It's that old Adamic nature that nobody wants and everybody's trying to run from, but everybody falls back into. All right, the next verse. 
having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Somebody say having. Somebody say having. Somebody say having. Now predestination is in probably could be an argumentative thing, but realize that every man is predestined from the time that he is born. What do you mean he's predestined? He's predestined to become an adopted son of God. Now he may choose not to do that. Predestined means that we should move into a predetermined place with God. Then the Bible says that we are predestined to be conformed to the image of his son Christ Jesus. Romans the 8th chapter. Paul writing to the church. And so here it says that God has predestined. Now that's every man. Do you know that some people say, well, you know, some are predestined to heaven and some are predestined to hell. But that's really not. Because the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. So the predestination could not be that some go to heaven and some go to hell because that's according, that's totally opposite of God's will. And remember right here, his will is having predestined us all to the adoption of sons according to the pleasure of his will. So God would have to override that if he was going to send somebody to hell knowing that they were never going to be born again. Yeah. So what are we predestined for? We are predestined to adoption. See, in God's mind, he never thinks that people are going to reject him. Who would reject life for death? Who would reject joy for sorrow? Who would reject struggle for peace? Well, nobody would. But the, uh, but when the gospel is presented to man, the Bible says the goodness of God leads men to repentance. And so when men hear the gospel, what are they going to hear? God has paid a price for your sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. Whosoever will can come and drink of the wells of the living water. Now, we can all do that. Some men won't because they choose not to do it. But that doesn't mean that God's plan for them is any different. Could again, amen? amen? No, God's plan is not any different. His plan is that when you respond to the gospel, that you have reached the place of predestination, that you enter into the adoption of sons. There you take your prepared place of what? Holiness, unblameableness that's been established in his love. So I was never created to live under a sin, sinner. I was created to be adopted. And since God's not a respected person, he would not adopt me when someone else would, could not be adopted. He wouldn't willfully say, I'll take you, but I reject you. No, remember that even before when we were born, we were formed before the foundations of the earth. In other words, God created us with all our talents, our gifts, our substance. He never put anything in us that he didn't like. Why would he not adopt us? You say, well, well, well our sin nature. He takes care of that through the predetermined steps that he has laid out for you to come to the cross, to be adopted, so that you could be in his perfect will, stand in a personal place of holiness, unblameableness, could it get an amen, in Christ Jesus. That's God's will for our life. And so we are all predestined. In other words, God has predetermined that all men come to him through Christ Jesus. And you say, oh, but I don't know. No, God's spirit draws every man. Every man gets to hear the gospel. Now, men can deny it, but they cannot say it wasn't God's will 
to bring them and he didn't draw them. Amen. And so we see that God having predestined. Somebody say, I've been predestined to be an adopted child of God. God likes me. Hallelujah. You ever been to the city pound? And somewhere you're drawn to the ugliest mongrel there. And, and you just fall in love with this mutt that nobody else wants. He's headed for the gas chamber and, and the, 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 the uh, mass grave system of the human uh, pet society or whatever it is. And uh, by the time your $19 a month gets there, he's already been fried, gassed, and cold. Hallelujah. But they're taking your money and sending you a picture of him anyway. And so if you hear barking in the middle of the night, it's the ghost of the dog that you have sponsored. I don't believe in ghosts, so don't take that to the bank. But what I want you to realize is that God draws us to himself. But there's nothing in us that God doesn't like because he created us. What's not to like if God created you? She didn't create you. She <laughs> stuck with you. God created you. He, she didn't, he likes you. He's got issues with you. Now, but we have been predestined. Just think of that. I have been before the foundation of the earth already set up to hear the adoption program to realize the price has been paid and to accept my place in the kingdom of God. Now, that's what I'm predestined for. Amen? All right. So, now let's go to uh, Galatians 2.4. Having. Somebody say having. So, we have been predestined, praise God, to be adopted and to set into a personal place of purity and unblameableness. Hallelujah. God doesn't look down at me and say, hey, I seen you did something wrong yesterday. No, that's not how he sees me. Remember, holiness and unblameableness in love that covers a multitude of sin. God will still fellowship with you while he's dealing with you to get the sin out of your life. Yep. All right. And it says, and that because a false brethren, unaware, brought in who came in privately to spy out of the liberty which he hath given Christ Jesus that they might. Can I go to Galatians 1, 4? Why don't I replace everything ones with twos tonight? <laughs> Must have been me fellowship with you this morning. All right. And it says this, Galatians, who gave himself, who gave himself, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil of world, from this present evil world, according to the will of God, our Father. Look at those first three words. Who gave? Somebody say past tense. Himself. Who gave himself? For what? For our sins. But why did he give us for our sins? To deliver us from the present evil of this world. Somebody say, I am delivered from evil. I'm delivered from evil. I have been delivered from evil because Jesus has already gave himself for me. He has already paid the price. He has already been cursed with my curse. Amen. I have already, Ephesians 1, 3, been blessed with his blessing. Amen. And so, who hath given himself for our sins? that we might be delivered from this present evil world. So every time evil is going on around us, why don't we just thank God that I've been delivered Amen. from Praise evil. I've been delivered from evil. Come on, somebody say, I've been delivered from evil. Remember several things about the author of evil. Number one, Ephesians 2, 13, 14, and 15 he has been destroyed. Amen. Somebody say, he's been destroyed. He's been destroyed. What does that mean? He's been defeated. Amen. He, one place says he has been annihilated. In other words, so obliviated 
that no matter what anybody could do besides God to try to put him back together, there is no hope. It is just entirely too small of pieces. And then the devil is powerless. If he, uh, Matthew 28, 18 down through 20 says what? Behold, all power is being given unto me. Now go. He was really telling them, you can fearlessly go because there's nothing to fear. Why do we fear powerless things? Why do we fear that? We shouldn't fear powerless things. Amen? So that, that's like getting scared of a sound that you can't find where it come from. If it's, your mother, if it's the sound of your mother-in-law's been missing for three weeks, it might be her. Don't look too hard. But you know what? We as Christians need never be afraid. Never be afraid. The devil has no power. Amen. And then number three, we know that he's doomed. He's doomed to an eternal lake of fire. You aren't. He is. So don't be afraid of somebody that doesn't have all any power when Jesus gave you power to cast him out. Amen. All right. So now let's go to Judges, and we're going to wrap up with this. Judges. So I do encourage you to go through all the scriptures 3,000 times and find out where it says he hath, 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 hath. That means that God has given you personal ownership of something. So when God recalls to remembrance something that he said, like, uh, didn't I say that in blessing I would bless thee? That simply means that, look, I've already given you a personal position of blessing. Don't doubt it. Move on. Amen. So we need to realize that we are what God has said we are. Let's go to Judges, the sixth chapter, and let's look at verse 11. Maybe let's jump in and start at 11. I'll tell you that's up and down. Okay, and it says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree which was in Oprah and that, presented, that pertained unto Joash and Abaz, the Abazite and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and he said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now notice what it said, the Lord is. Somebody say is. Didn't say the Lord was going to show up. Didn't say he was coming. Don't worry, God will get there in the nick of time. He's just busy. He didn't say that, hey, God's on vacation. He's coming back next week. He said the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. You remember another time that men quoted that? In Numbers, the 14th chapter, if the Lord is with us, we can go up and take them. They are bread for us. But with the attitude that God wasn't with you, you'll always see yourself as a grasshopper. You're always going to try to escape things instead of be victorious over them. So here it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And then, of course, the next verse the questions start. And Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why has all this befallen us? In other words, don't ever judge where God is by what you're going through. Never judge where God is by where you are. I can tell you where God is. He is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes Phyllis and I are in, in, in the living room or something, and she starts an argument, and I say, well, I'm leaving. I'm taking Jesus with me. Be alone. I don't say that. Because then she'd start arguing. No, he's staying here with me. He's staying. Then we'd be in a fist fight, and, and Jesus would be the only one with a black eye. Yeah. And it says this. Why is all this befallen us? You cannot... Judge what is happening and where you're going based on what you're going through. And where are all of the miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites? 
You cannot judge anything by what you're going through. But what you can do is believe what God said about you and about himself. And what did the Lord said? The Lord is with you. Now that should be enough. Remember when God told Joshua, as I'm with Moses, I'm going to be with you. No man will ever be able to stand against you. Have confidence that God is with you. And remember what Jesus said, if you did it to the least of these, you're going to do it unto me. So if God attacked you, he, if somebody attacked you, they are attacking God. Let God respond. Vengeance belongs to him, not to you. You don't have to try to work it up. All you have to do is say, God, you're with me. You're here. You're going to do whatever it takes. And then because God was with him, he was a man of valor. When God is with you, you are not who you were before he came on the scene. Amen. David said, because when God come, he made my feet like hind feet. He made me leap over a wall. He allowed me to run through a troop. Listen, we have to realize that when God is for us, nobody can be against us. We don't have to worry about what's going to happen. We don't have to worry about what has already happened. We don't have to worry about what is happening. It's all going to be okay when it all comes down to the end. The battle is over. The smoke is cleared. We will stand victorious in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So here God tells Gideon. He says, the Lord is, not coming, is with you. He's with you. He said, and because he's with you, you are a mighty man of valor. Now Gideon took that to heart. And he went up and rid the nation of Israel of idols and uncleanness. You know what? No matter what has you bound, no matter what is keeping you under, I'm here to tell you that God is on your side. And if God is with you, then guess what? He is with you to bring you through a personal victory in every place in your life. Say, how can you say that? Because God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I didn't say that. God did. God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. God does. God does. God does. I can't help it that he said it. I can't help it that he can't lie. I can't help it that he's going to watch over his word to perform it. I just can't help that God is going to do for me what I can't do for myself. I can't help that his grace is more than my problem and that God is going to bring me out on the other side and it's going to be the way that he said it's going to be. I can't help it, but I will celebrate in it. Hallelujah. So next time somebody talks about me, Philip, you say, oh, yeah, the guy that the Lord is with. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's who we are. Amen. We are the people that God is with. Now, what would you be afraid of if you were walking with God? Amen. <clears throat> I have a nephew by marriage. Name is Mike Williams. He was in a city one time, and he was walking down this street. He said, I don't know how I got down there, but some way I made a wrong turn, and I was in the wrong end of town. And he said, and I'm walking. He said, and I'm telling you, there ain't nothing open. It is black as black. And I see this great big crowd of guys up there standing on the sidewalk, huh, with bandanas. And he said, now, God, I'm not getting off this street. So I don't know what they're going to do. And uh, so he got up there by him. He said, I got closer and closer. He said, I was just about ready to enter into the crowd. And all of a sudden, I put my hand down and my hand jumped like that. And I looked down and here was this great big German police dog. Looked like he hadn't had a haircut in 50 years. He said he looked mean and he just his head up under my hand he said and all them guys went Shh. and I just went right on through and all of a sudden my hand just went limp and the dog was gone so who would we fear if the Lord is with us you say oh well I can't believe that it doesn't matter it didn't happen to you <laughs> don't worry when you're crowd you're on your own <laughs> but hear me Jesus 
Anytime you want, you can bring a good German shepherd to my side. Hallelujah. Absolutely. So we have to understand that when God says something in a past tense, we never have to question it. All we have to do is accept it. Accept it. I have been born again. All things are new. Old things are passed away, and all things are of God. That's not, a, that, that's not something I have to argue, not something I have to struggle with. It is so. Amen. I'm smarter than the old man. I'm wiser than the old man. Amen. I'm stronger, mightier, more disciplined, more temperate, more committed, more devoted than the old man. Why? I'm a new creature. I'm faithful. Why? Because all things are of God. I'm filled with love. Why? All things are of God. I'm filled with joy and kindness and gentleness and meekness. Except when my in-laws come. Why? Because I'm a new creature. You heard that? God said, yes, I agree, Peter. And, and, and uh, <laughs> I love you, God. Hallelujah. Well, God was really saying, Peter, I'm coming back sooner than you think. And your in-laws are coming with me. <laughs> so... Hopefully God will move me on this side and Phyllis me on this side. And we'll all go up to rejoice with the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Let's stand to our feet. Sunday morning. Somebody say Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Philip, you are a half. Amen. It half. Amen. Bill, you're a half. Amen. Bob, you're a half. Yep. You're a half, John. You're a half. You're a half, Ella. You're a half. You're a half. You have been blessed. You're not trying. You have been blessed. Praise God. There's nothing can stop it. It's already past tense. Amen. It's not a struggle. We just walk around declaring it, celebrating in it, and it'll overtake us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, you, before the foundations of the earth, have already positioned us because of the work that you've already done in Christ Jesus. God, that which you declared is now our personal, personal position. It is our personal possession. By his stripes, ye were healed. God, healing is our personal possession. God, we are blessed. God, blessing is our personal possession. We are delivered. God, we are delivered from every evil work of this world. God, it is our personal possession. We walk in it. We rejoice in it, God. We declare it, God. We tell them, our friends. We talk about it as we go to bed, as we rise up, as we sit down to eat, God. We rejoice that we are, God, what you have already said we are. And, God, we accept the work of redemption in our life. We accept, God, what you have declared over our life in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I know I prayed for a lady before service, but I see a gallbladder being touched right now. And uh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I do see that something's been, has fallen, but something's going to be lifted up. And the pressure, the pressure on everything else is going to be relieved in the name of Jesus. There's also a, like a strained uh, uh, muscle in the shoulder. And uh, that is called like migraine headache. It's like that headache has been repeatedly coming back, coming back. I speak to that right now. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command that muscle, that ligament, be thou made free in Jesus' name. I curse those migraine headaches. You're not coming back anymore in Jesus Christ's name. And there is a lump right at where a, the jawbone curves, not where your jaw connects, where your jawbone curves on your neck, there is, a, it looks like the, maybe like a malted milk ball, about that size, that is disappearing right now. And in three days, that's gonna be totally gone in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus, I curse it. I command it to loose them right now and let them go. And God, I just thank you, Father, in that somebody has been prone to have I know this sounds crazy, prone to have boils. I don't know if you can be prone to have boils, but you have been dealing with boils. 
and uh, I see like one of them that has been very uh, tormenting to you, painful, is up under your armpit. God is cursing that right now, and I command it right now to die. I speak to your metabolism in your body in the name of Jesus to right now come into order of health that you'll never again have another boil in Jesus Christ's name. Now, God, I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you all, God, that you are just using us to do. Put a word in our mouth for the world, God. Open up their ears and their hearts, God. Lead us and guide us that we may be established as the sons and daughters of God. Let the world know us, hallelujah, as those who God is with. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you. See you Sunday morning. Hallelujah.